Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Speakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers Cleats podcast. It is a little loud over there, Chuck. That's all right. It, it, I'm it deaf anyway. So. Monday, February 12th. This is episode 75. Don Harris, Chuck McAtenick, Matt Roy. We did not call into work today like half of America probably did because the Super Bowl was last night. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we will get to our special guest here in a little bit. My wife is a huge Chiefs fan. I told her if they won, then they can then she can come on the podcast. So we will have my better half uh, here in probably 15 minutes or so. But first, we want to, in this whole episode is going to be uh, Super Bowl related, as it should be. But first, we start with the number game, as always. Number 75, episode 75. When I think of 75, I actually don't think of any player, any football players, anything like that. I think of Tiger Woods because he was born in 75. Um, Who, why do you – like, did you know Tiger was – who knows no. if Tiger Woods was born in 1975? <laughs> He's my favorite athlete of all time. So you knew what year he was born in? Yeah, I knew his birthday too. Is that weird? I love Roger Staubach. I have no idea what year Roger Staubach was born in. <laughs> no. All right, Tim well, Duncan? That one got by me. No. I, well, I was actually just sitting over there uh, and no. cre- creating the rundown, and I was like, Tiger Woods was probably born right around then. So I looked it up, and he was born in 75. Okay. Um, players, though. Mean Joe Green, 75. For sure. That was- From? North Texas. Mean Go green. Mean Green. <laughs> Temple Dunbar. Temple, Texas. Mm-hmm. Dunbar High School. Huh. A great reminder that even in the late 60s, Temple was segregated. And Mean Joe Green went to an all-African-American high school because Temple was segregated in the late 60s, almost 10 years after Brown versus the Board of Education. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. There's also uh, Deacon Jones, Hall of Famer. Uh, Howie Long, another Hall of Famer. Jonathan Ogden, another Hall of Famer there as well. Barry Zito. the Great, great Barry Zito stories. The height of A's and Moneyball in the late 2000s, Barry Zito was part of a triumvirate of great Oakland pitchers. Early, I'm at a spring training, late 2000, well, 2007, 8, 9 in okay. that era. So whatever I said, you know what I was thinking. I Mid. Mid. Yes. Anyway, anyway. So Barry Zito, superstar baseball player, but in the ballpark they were playing in for spring training, all the guys in the bullpen or the guys that weren't pitching all had their basically lawn chairs next to the wall where fans could interact with players. And Barry Zito signed for an entire baseball game for anybody that wanted an autograph. And when he was in San Francisco in 2010, when they beat the Rangers in that World Series, I got to go in the locker room and tell him how big league I thought that was that he did that. And he wasn't a part of that 2010 team because he was hurt, and he was the guy making all the money on that Giants team. So he was very gracious in terms of, this is so cool. I know I didn't have anything to do with this championship, but this is really cool that I'm here. And then 
as fate would have it, two years later, he's still with the Giants working off that contract, and he was a bigger part of that 2012 World Series team. So Barry Zito, who was a star pitcher for teams that never made it, and then at the end of his career won two World Series titles, just a great, cool. great, unassuming superstar. So you think of Barry Zito when you I do think of Barry Zito now, but it was for sure Mean Joe when I was a kid. Absolutely. Uh, in the year 75, Steelers beat Minnesota, one of – Mean Joe Green's uh, championships beat Minnesota 16-6. to Franco Harris, the MVP. That was January 76. One of the best World Series of all times, also in 75. Red Sox losing to the Reds 4-3. That was the Carlton Fisk uh, home run. Remember staying in, up and watching it. In game six uh, of that World Series to push it to a seventh game. And then the Thrilla in Manila, October of 75. So one of the greatest fights of all time. Many consider the greatest fight of all time. So uh, let's get to the Super Bowl, though. Now that we've established that Tiger Woods was born in 75. Uh, the Chiefs win 25-22. They win their third Super Bowl in the last five years. I want to get into the specifics of the game before we kind of go to Jordan and talk Dynasty, talk Swifty, talk all that other stuff. So I wrote down a few uh, key moments of the game that we can kind of go through. First half, the Chiefs were just just getting killed. The, they were completely and thoroughly dominated for the entire first half. I think uh, Kelsey had one catch for one yard. Rasheed Rice wasn't doing much until that last drive that they got a field goal on. They were getting completely outclassed and outplayed in almost every way. And yet, it was a one-score game at halftime. Yep. So the Chiefs had them right where they wanted them, right? Yeah, I think that drive late. Uh, to get any kind of points on the board was big. Yeah, I mean, when you go down 10-0, this is now the – he's. I think Mahomes is now 17-4, if I remember the stat correctly, when I he go to, the, goes down by double, double digits in the I playoffs. I made the comment in the sports department last night to Chuck and Zach. I said, when they were down, I said, but don't the Chiefs always come back from more than 10 down to win Super Bowls? Yeah, every seems like every single time. It's like there's no one else you want on your team to to lead you to come back. Like, Amen. Amen. And then, but even then, they come back in the third quarter, their first possession of the third quarter, and he throws probably, Magic Mahomes throws probably the worst pick I've ever seen him throw. He either overthrew Travis Kelsey and into a guy's arms, or he underthrew the other receiver, and it was it was just easy pickings for uh, for the 49ers. It was probably the worst throw I've seen him throw in a postseason game. He was trying to put it over the defender in front of Kelsey, Thinking that Kelsey could get it, and knew it, knowing that Kelsey would have to go high to get it, but he uh, he airmailed it. I think it was an overthrow. Yeah, I think it was an overthrow as well. But it's it's just so uncharacteristic of him, especially when yeah. you're coming out of halftime. You have a plan. You probably have a eight play script that you're going to run, and then it just sails. Well, before that, the pitch to Pacheco was a disaster. Yeah, and, and then, yet, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> Three and out with the 49ers. So it was literally a, you know, just a, a field position thing. But the entire game changed in that third quarter. 240 left in the third. Chiefs are punting it again. And what happens? It hits off of a leg of a blocker on the punt, and then it goes right to the returner who can't pick it up. Bing, bang, boom. The Chiefs are up 13 to 10, and we got a ball game. Yep. The entire game changes on one. It's all play. three phases, man. It's your offense, your defense, but don't forget about the specialty teams. <laughs> <laughs> all three phases, Matt. How does, and then the special teams, to your point, come back and bite the 49ers again a little bit later when Jake Moody gets his field goal blocked or his uh, uh, extra point blocked after 
Um, I think it was a Juwan Jennings touchdown with about 11.30 left. And being so good, he had a 53 and a 56, something like that. Yeah, he, I mean, Jake Moody was really, really good yesterday, and that was uh, what I thought was going to be a difference maker uh, when we talked last Thursday is that the kickers were going to come up big. That was just great foresight by Kyle Shanahan. That's why he went for it on fourth down when all of us were screaming, just take the points here. He went for the fourth down, he gets it. They score the touchdown, but – he must have had some sort of foresight well, that his field goal was going to get blocked and then just settle for the extra point being blocked. Well, to further that point, if this was Dan Campbell and not Kyle Shanahan, we would have crucified him for going for it on fourth and three uh, on their 12 down three points and not taking the points. So credit to Kyle Shanahan uh, for having the balls and the cojones to kind of do it. Um, Both? But yeah, balls or Cojones, we would, but we would have crucified if they didn't get it. He would Wibbles. be, in, he would have been in the Dan Campbell territory of bad decisions. But hindsight being twenty twenty, they got it. It was a good decision, and they scored the touchdown. But that extra point, that missed extra point, came up huge the entire rest of the game. You don't think maybe one point is going to make the difference, but it allows the Chiefs then to score six instead of seven. It was so typical. I think I had seven and zero. On one bingo card and <laughs> your squares seven and seven on the other. It's like you couldn't have dreamed up better numbers. So of course the Super Bowl is going to end with a two and a five and a nine and you know, but it's for educational purposes only, Matthew. That's so, true. Yeah, I, I didn't have any squares. I, mean, I actually did, but Jordan had a seven and a three, so uh, didn't win it. Anyway. Uh, so then the controversy happens uh, right when you go on air, Chuck, last night. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners win the coin toss to go into overtime. It's tied up at 19. They win the coin toss. They elect to take the ball. In the regular season, that's a good move because you want the ball first. If you score a touchdown, the game's over. In the postseason, both teams get the ball no matter what. So you want the ball second. Did Kyle Shanahan know the rules or not? Yes. He wanted the ball third. Because if you score a touchdown and they score a touchdown and you score a field goal, the game's over. But like Chuck's point, very much uh, to baseball analogy, you don't save your best pitcher uh, for something that may not happen, and it didn't happen because they got a field goal. But but I see what Shanahan, and if and if you dissect overtime, there's no reason to kind of. It turns out to be the wrong decision. I think. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I think it is the wrong decision, but I see why he thinks it's the right. He believed his team was going to go down and score a touchdown, and they should have, and they were dominant on their drive compared to the Chiefs who were shaky on their drive and get seven when they only got three. So if you're com fully confident you're going to go score a touchdown, and they ran it right down their throat, it just stalled out at the 10, then it doesn't matter what Mahomes does because you're going to kick a field goal to win the game. So I disagree with him. I, obviously, hindsight uh, proves, and I think in college football, everybody always takes the ball second. Um, so because I think the, it's the wrong decision, but I do think he knew the rules. But you take the ball second because – 
you all are always running the risk if you go even if the Niners went out and scored a touchdown, then you're running the risk of the Chiefs coming back, scoring a touchdown, going for two points, and you don't get the ball third. You can't bank on having the ball third. But the difference is in college, you keep playing until somebody wins in like a baseball inning. So if you score, the reason you if, take it if second. If you score and then you go for two, then the game's over in college too. If you that's, go for two. That's what I'm saying. But if you keep tying, it keeps going. Here in the NFL, it doesn't keep going. Whoever has it third, it's like the same advantage of the old days of just scoring first and the game's over. But here's the thing. You can't bank on having it third. You're playing against Patrick Mahomes, who, is the, who is the greatest quarterback in my generation. Uh, and actually, that's not true. He was with Tom Brady in my generation, but the best quarterback in my generation. It's true. Um, so it's the wrong decision. It's the wrong move. And you have Andy Reid, who's probably a top three coach of all time now. We top can all five, agree maybe. that it's the wrong decision, but I do believe he knew the rules. I think he just chose a different strategy. The, Chuck, doesn't it come down to coaching, though? Because the Chiefs players all said that they talked about this in uh, training camp. They had meetings on this. These are the rules of overtime. This is what we're going to do if we get the ball. This is what we're going to do if we win the coin toss in the playoffs. The, the Niners, on the other hand, said they didn't even – the Niners players didn't even know the rules. Uh, of the set of the playoff overtime because they were never prepped for this. So doesn't it come down to coaching at that point? Well, I mean, you would think, right? Or I mean, at least as an organization that this should be something that's talked about. And we don't know that it wasn't, you know, this will probably vet itself over the next couple of days, whether they knew the rules or not. But, you know, I, I'm with you guys. I mean, you can't, if it's me, I don't think you can assume that you're ever going to get the ball third. Yeah. hundred percent. So, you know, the advantages of having the ball second in that scenario is if the team that has it first goes down and scores, well, you know that you have to at least score a touchdown to extend the ball game. So you know that there's not going to be any punting on fourth down, that you're going to have an extra down essentially to get you to where you need to go. So And a possible two-point conversion if they score correct. a touchdown. So, I mean, just from a, you know, a strategy standpoint, it seems fairly obvious to me, and I, I wish somebody could maybe argue it the other way so I could maybe see the other side of this, but it's way more an advantage to know what you have to do Correct. after Team A either kicks a field goal or scores a touchdown. So, so in this situation, we're saying that had Mahomes not converted and they got into a fourth down situation inside the 10, they would not have kicked the field goal to tie. No, they would have no, at least no. had the option. No, they, they would have least, gone for it. At least they know. That's what they said. They, they have they to were, go for it. They were ending it on that drive. They have to. Because if they tie it, then San Francisco wins with a field goal. The only way that the Chiefs were going to kick a field goal on that last drive is if they were at like fourth and 15 from the 30-yard line. There was no way that they were going to kick a field goal on that drive unless something like that happened. But I don't even, think even you that can. said, whether they go for the touchdown or the field goal at that point, at least you've given yourself options to what you then do with the game on the line. Well, if you're if you're the other team, like the 49ers, like now do we say, well, you should have known that Mahomes was going to go down and score a touchdown. Instead, we took the field goal. You then put your team in a, whole, in a bad situation because you didn't score a touchdown, knowing yeah. that Mahomes I mean, and Andy Reid were on the other side. It did come down to, I mean, the Niners had a chance to win the game. It was basically match point when it was fourth and two, I think. Uh, and uh, they, uh, the Chiefs run the read option with Kelsey in the flat, and Mahomes takes it for eight yards. They could have ended it right there. If they stopped that play, the game was over. So I get it. It was the wrong call, 100% the wrong call. And it, I don't think it can be debated that it was the right call by anybody because it was it was so I, clearly I think, wrong. But I think it's the wrong call because it's Mahomes. I don't know in another playoff game with different teams 
then it's completely the wrong call. Because if you stop them and they're forced to kick a field goal to tie it, then you go to the second overtime, you can walk it off with just a field goal. That's not a horrible strategy. Let's get to... Um, Only when you're going against Patrick. Two, two other right. things real yeah, quick. How good is that, get... dude? Let his team in rushing, too. <laughs> Give yeah. me a break. Yeah, barely, but he got there. <laughs> Let's get to two other things real quick before we get to Jordan. Um, 9-15 in OT, Kyle Juszczyk caught a second and 12 for 13 yards. And uh, if he catches it, Des Bryant catches it. So I immediately tweeted, if that's a catch, then Des caught it. Des Bryant immediately tweeted, that's not a catch. <laughs> no, Des Bryant's catch at the time, if you moved it fast forward to today, would have been a catch. So what's the difference? Did they change the rule? They did change the rule. They did change the yeah. rule. but Is if- the interpretation of a football move? It's, I mean, it's it's BS. super nuanced. I mean, yeah. I think everybody in real time thought that Des caught the ball, but because of the language or the verbiage yeah. and the rule, they of tweaked the it. And so, yeah. so then uh, the Chiefs go down. It's more of the eye test now. Chiefs go down. They score a touchdown in the flat to McCole Hardman. They are Super Bowl champions. However, Don, give me 30 seconds on uh, what a broadcaster is supposed to do when you have a walk-off touchdown in a big game like this. Well, Nance says, touchdown to the Chiefs are champions. Crowd noise. Let it go for 20 seconds. And then Nance picks up his always script that Nance always had. With the checklist. This one's for the family, or whatever he's going to say. Yeah, because you know he had it written out. Right. This one's for John. (laughs) Instead, instead it was, and the Chiefs are champions. Oh, my God, Jim, that was an Andy Reid special. Oh, my goodness. Let's roll that back. Can we show that? And nobody, the director doesn't want to show it. Nobody, Everybody wants to show Taylor jumping in the box and people crying and the brush, rushing Andy Reid, hugging his assistant coaches, and Romo's calling for the replay. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jim, he's been holding on to that one in his back pocket all game. That's the Reid Andy special. Let's see. Oh, he... Jeff, he comes in motion, and when they comes in motion, then that defender, he immediately focuses <laughs> on the inside guy, which is Kelsey, and that's going to leverage the outside. Game's over, Tony. Game's over. <laughs> Let it go. Imagine if Vince Scully did that in 85. With, with... Vince Scully never. Yeah, because ever. Vince Scully is one of the greatest. You, how dare you bring... Vince Scully's name into this well, discussion. I'm right? just furthering Don's point. Yeah. You're supposed to let it yeah. go, man. Let it go. Let the crowd take the call. Tony, you can just shut up for It'll once, roll man. Roll it up first, and it gets through Buckner, and the Mets win it. And All then right. just silence. Yep. Through Buckner. How perfect was that call in real time? Well, did, I left, did you not see by that? Buckner, not around Buckner, through him. Because that's through what happened. Through him. The Kurt Gibson home run. I think Vince Scully let. Uh, a minute and eighteen seconds of Nats go by, just not saying anything. He Beautiful. just let he let the scene take it all. Like that's that's what you're supposed to do. Just Absolutely. shut up and let it go. Anyway, um, so let's bring in uh, the most fervent Chiefs fan that I know, someone who lives and dies with every snap, someone who cries during the wins, cries during the losses, <laughs> and everywhere in between. My wife, Jordan L. Jordan Roy. Here we go. Yeah, and when you said it earlier, my better half, you weren't kidding. There, there. If you look in the dictionary under better half, you see Jordan's picture. Never yeah. has something been more accurate. Well, I mean, it's just I know that I married up. I we don't need to keep saying it, but I get it. Uh, <laughs> we all did. 
So, Jordan, um, first and foremost, congratulations. Uh, how has your family group text been today? Um, on fire because everybody wants new championship shirts. If you can't see, I have on my 2022 Super Bowl shirt, but I have to get another one now. Oh, have um, to. So we're planning out outfits. Uh, people have been very excited. Um, so yeah, a very good day in the elder family group chat. Do you feel bad at all that that the Broncos suck and that the Chiefs keep on winning? I do not. I do not. I will support <laughs> you when they win, but until then, no, I don't feel bad. It might never happen. So, um, guys, do you have that issue where you're like wives, fans of a different team that you didn't like? No, just me. Just me being tortured. No. All right, cool. No. Well, I want Jordan to explain the. Um, what what that light district is where the fans watch the game. What's take us to Kansas City and explain that scene. So Power and Light District is definitely one of the most popular places to watch the game. They've got a big screen. You're with a bunch of people who all are focused on watching the game, but also focused on having a good time. So they play it really loud. There's people all around you. There's a bunch of different bars right in that area. It is so cool. I, I've never gotten to watch a game there, but it is on my bucket list because the... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Environment looks so cool. They got a cheesecake factory there. It is pretty nice. That whole downtown area, like, especially during Christmas time, it's really, really oh. a neat place to go it's visit. It's gorgeous and check during out. Christmas, yep. especially because you have a um, Union Station there as well. And they have a, when they, Christmas is around, they deck that place out pretty great, pretty good. So. And the coolest thing about downtown Kansas City is that they've embraced the Chiefs so wholeheartedly that they have added lights to pretty much every downtown building that will light up red and yellow for the Chiefs or they'll light up blue for the Royals. Like they have made it such a priority to have that team spirit that it's really cool to see just the whole city lit up red. That's awesome. So Jordan, um, growing up in Kansas City, the Chiefs sucked when you were a kid. Um, they haven't. They didn't win a championship for 50 years until recently, and now you've won three in five years. So, how is it being a fan of of the Kansas City Chiefs now as opposed to being a fan for the first 18 years of your life or so? Well, so for me personally, it makes me feel on edge because you know what it's like to lose over and over. There were weeks where at church on Sundays, like that would be kind of the joke is the priest would joke about the chiefs losing and how we really need to, to pray for the chiefs. <laughs> and then now you have this situation, which is so completely different. And so I feel like it's something we don't take for granted. You know that it hasn't always been this way and that you're witnessing history essentially every single game. And that is the coolest thing to see. And especially with last night, like you, you always believe, but you're always a little bit nervous because you've been hurt in the past. And so <laughs> I, I really like it. And it, to me, it means that there's hope for everyone else too. Like if the chiefs can go through that for 50 years, there's hope for everybody. You just have to wait on your Patrick Mahomes. All right, Jordan, I got to ask you this though, with dynasties, Shortly behind comes this huge bandwagon. How comfortable are you with all of these Johnny-come-latelys now that are quote-unquote diehard Chief fans? Well, those people and then the Swifties, too. I, I've i never 
rooted for a team that other people want a bandwagon for. So I'm kind of welcoming it at this point. Like I never thought this is where we would be. Um, it does get a little bit frustrating though. Like, be, so I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life. And so now people are like, oh, you're just in it for Taylor Swift or, oh, they're just winning. And I was like, no, I can show you pictures of me and my little Chiefs cheerleader outfit. Ed Podolak jersey. Years old. <laughs> Yeah, Didn't my you? throwback he's crying because we lost. Like, in, uh, when we were in Springfield, but, Jordan, didn't you get a couple of, of viewers who would reach out to you and been like, oh, bandwagon Chiefs fan, you're only rooting for them because they're good now? Yeah, it, it happens to this day. I got a couple yesterday, too. But you know what? I know in my heart that that is my team. <laughs> That's well, what matters. You can, you can root for the Broncos if you want. Um, I wanted to save the dynasty talk for Jordan to get here because um, – I think you guys have the knowledge of all the other dynasties. She obviously knows the Chiefs better than all of us put together. So they've now won three in five years. They've won. They've gone four straight times. They've been to six straight AFC championship games. They've won the AFC West eight years in a row. We don't have to ever say that stat ever again. Um, are they now officially a dynasty? Don, you'll go to you first. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, in this day and age of the salary cap being what it is, I mean, to be able to continually not only go to the doorstep is what the Cowboys like to say that they're doing, but then to knock down the door. I, I was going through pictures last night and videos because I went to the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the 49ers, the Miami Super Bowl, whatever that was, four years ago. And, you know, I got pictures of Mahomes going up to the NFL Network podium to do interviews and Andy Reid and I was thinking this is so cute the Texas Tech guy yeah, he won a Super Bowl this is great Andy Reid the guy that could never win the big ones won the big one this is so so joyous and happy and you don't you're not thinking it just other than it's a one-off they got their Super Bowl this is great for these guys then to see what it's become four years later it's like yeah who's gonna knock them off now Jordan I think that they are a dynasty I think they were a dynasty a couple years ago when they started saying that they had a Super Bowl routine, that it was something that was becoming so common that they had a plan in place for the week ahead leading up for it. And I do think that it will continue. And that is so cool that it seems like they are super smart about drafting. They, if they see an issue, they fix it, even if it takes weeks, months, years. I think the defense is the best example of that, where it was horrific for so long and now they've really built it and worked on it so i hope it continues and i'm excited to see what else they do and let, let's put give them credit too for this they went on the road and won every game in the playoffs on the road this was not a great regular season by their standards this wasn't mahomes on cruise control at his best all season long this was one they had to grind out beat the number one seed on the road beat the mvp in his house on the road uh and when ugly, just like the Super Bowl down the stretch in the second half. I think it's just so weird that like we had we had the Patriots, and I think when the Patriots ended their dynastic run, we were like, maybe we won't see this for a while. Maybe we won't see this again uh, because you have something that was just so unique. And now we've seen it, or, or we are seeing what could be the makings of a Patriot-like yeah. run. Two years later, two year, three years after the Patriots ended there. So it, for me, it's just kind of like something we didn't think we were going to see for a while at least is now happening a couple of years down the road and putting 
Patrick in the same breath as Tom Brady when he's 28 years old and has maybe 15 more years in his in his career and putting Andy Reid up there with the Don Shulas and the Bill Belichicks and the Chuck Knowles and you know whoever else you want to put into that conversation it's just weird seeing those guys in this conversation so fast and it's yeah. those two and Kelsey because they've had a roster turnover uh, yeah we and- were talking about that last night right I mean that defense yeah that Jordan talked about I mean other than Jones, it's like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Completely different cast of characters than the first Super Bowl. Run. You don't know who Amenahue is? You don't, you, you don't have his jersey? I know Drew Tranquil because he went to Notre Dame. That's about it. I mean, the kid from Rice, I mean, from SMU, Rice. Yes, yeah, Rishi Rice. I mean, he's he's a rookie. Well, the fact that they did this with that receiving court is a whole other discussion catch. In, it, in and of itself. Because Kadarius Tony's getting out there thinking he's a number one receiver and just if Patrick gets me the ball, but whenever Patrick gave him the ball, it ended up in the other team's hands. So, Jordan, uh, last two things for you before we send you on your way uh, to celebrate even more. This season was... How how different was this season for you as a Chiefs fan as opposed to the other two Super Bowl seasons that you guys had um, in the last five years? It was more stressful, I think, because the last two runs, I feel like they were more dominant. There was more belief there that they could do it, and I think their road to success was a little bit tougher this year. Being on the road for those playoff games, having to go against some of the teams that they did, but it was also like the payoff was so much greater. It was such a storybook ending that all season they've struggled with dropped passes. And it was a player that kept dropping passes that caught the game winning touchdown and both of the touchdowns in the game, actually. And then the fact that it was a touchdown, they've been kicking field goals all season long. They could not get in the end zone and they ended on a touchdown. And it, it's just the coolest Um so even though my heart was racing the whole game and when they finally did win, I didn't really believe it. I had to kind of process for a second. Like the, the payoff, I think this year was better than in other years. Uh, and last thing for you, you and I talked about this um, a couple weeks ago, I think when the, when they beat the bills or when they beat the Ravens or something like that, the Taylor Swift of it all adds another layer onto just a weird season, um, an interesting season for the chiefs an interesting season for the NFL. Like, Taylor Swift being a football fan now and dating Travis Kelsey has kind of changed a lot and a lot of perception, I guess. Um, Jordan, as a Chiefs fan, as someone who loves Travis Kelsey, um, maybe more than she loves me, as someone who <laughs> loves uh, the Chiefs in general dude. and loves Taylor Swift, how do you think that Taylor Swift and Travis have kind of changed the perception of the NFL and mainly the perception of the Kansas City Chiefs, which not a lot of people rooted for or knew about before this dynastic run here. Um, The first thing I'll say is that this was not some sort of plot. I think you hear sometimes people going, oh, this was all orchestrated. They're not really in a relationship. I think they are. Um, But I think what she brought is more viewership to the NFL, but also more female viewership and I think that that's going to be really important for them going forward and it's like that's cool to see too like a lot of women who maybe weren't interested in football before learning it like I remember laughing on Twitter watching people figure out um, what an interception was in the first couple weeks that Taylor Swift was part of the picture they were like Travis caught an interception and everybody got so excited but they didn't know what an interception was Um, and now they do and so that was really exciting and also, it's, it's, again, something that we never dreamed of for Kansas City. 
to have probably one of them. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. The most influential people in the world, the biggest pop star in the world, dating one of our players. I know, like you think about that when you think of like the LA teams, maybe the New York teams, but Kansas City, like in the Midwest, that, that part was wild to me too. And I think Travis Kelsey is a really good guy. I'm excited that that was who ended up like being on the other end of this, obviously, because I love him. But uh, <laughs> could have done without that. But all right. We did that too, didn't, didn't we? Didn't we say that when Madonna was dating Rodman? It's like I thought this yeah. only happened in LA or New York. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities between yeah. that and like San Antonio. Like it's, right? a, it's almost like a forgotten city. You don't think of like Kansas City is this huge metropolitan area with with so many different suburbs and so many people living there. You don't think that about San Antonio either. It's the seventh yeah. biggest city in the U.S. and not a lot. But you still think it's like a small town. You still think it's like that weird vibe, so. right? Um, well, I can't wait to see what the Nielsen numbers are, because yes. the AFC Championship game was fifty-five million, which broke the record by almost ten million, and so uh, there. I think there's a real good chance this was the greatest, the the most watched Super Bowl of all time, and that's going back to like I think Joe one of Joe Montana's '80s Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what the final numbers are, but she definitely brought tens of millions of, like I was reading about you know, 12 year old girls parties and these yeah. girls didn't have football on their radar. Yeah, how many, weeks ago. how many t-shirts did you see yesterday? I, and I saw at least a half dozen where it was like, I'm going for Taylor's boyfriend yeah. t-shirt. I also saw a tweet, uh, this morning, maybe that it was like, there was someone that said, I'm never, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I've watched it for 50 years. I'm not watching the Super Bowl because of the Taylor Swift of it all. And then someone quote tweeted it and said, my 14 year old daughter's happy to take your place because she's watching yeah, it today. And a lot of that stuff is just, talk. Oh yeah. It's awesome. I mean, of you're, course you're, internet venom. you're getting a whole new brand of football fan, a whole new generation of football fan, just because there's a pop star that's interested in the NFL now. And it's, it's, it's can't be bad for the game. So, um, um, Jordan, last thing. Did this halftime show suck as bad as I think it did? No. I, well, so we watched in a crowded setting, so I couldn't really hear it That's fair. very well. The roller skates really threw me for a loop, the halftime show. When everybody came out on roller skates, I got really confused. <laughs> I really thought that you were going to think that it sucked. No, I thought it, was, it wasn't greatest of all time. It wasn't Prince or Bruno Mars. Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, Michael Jackson was... 100 years ago. Oh, so I, I was thinking the same thing as Jordan. It was like, you know what? This halftime show is good. The one thing it could really use to spruce things up roller skates. is a good pair of roller skates. And then, bam, we had them, like, out of the blue. <laughs> really totally needed, threw me, too. Really needed Usher's shirt off, yes. too. That was, that was really important for uh, What I needed was Justin Bieber. Got to keep the ratings up during halftime. Yeah, My wife said the same thing. She was surprised Bieber wasn't in it. But her was, and that was a nice surprise. Yes. Did anyone else think it was CeeLo Green that was the, the balding dude? I did think that. I thought it, it was CeeLo Green. It wasn't CeeLo Green. It wasn't CeeLo Green. <laughs> I thought it was CeeLo. Y'all are, are talking over my head now. Yes. Yeah, so we're not talking about Metallica or anything like that. So Yeah. Oh, although the 49ers did come out to Metallica. I thought that was a nice little tip Alicia of the cap Keys was to the nice, Bay Area. Very nice. Alicia except, Keys was huge. Except for that huge uh, voice break she had right when she came on. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, she... Also, didn't need like that dancing between Usher and Alicia Keys. I would thought that that was a little disrespectful to her husband, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sound, I sound really old right now. 
It's fine. Um, well, Jordan, thank you for taking some time out of the, your busy day today of uh, gloating and celebrating to Way come to go. on. Congratulations, Jordan. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I've been begging to come on this podcast since it got started. So I can now say I've been on the premier San Antonio sports podcast. So thank you for having me. One of my favorite things last night, Jordan, was uh, this, they won the Super Bowl. And I'm like taking a little reaction video of Jordan. And then so as soon as that breaks, she looks at me. She's like, I'm coming on the podcast. <laughs> it's like one of the first things that she says to me after her team oh, just won the Super Bowl. So as Tony Romo is yep. dissecting the play. Yeah, exactly. Good to, good to see Jordan setting her career goals oh so high. Hey. Yes. <laughs> the podcast. She's supportive, okay? Yeah. Thank, thank you, Jordan. Congratulations. We don't have to talk about it ever again. Thanks. Well, that was a treat. Um, it was. It's so funny. Every t Since I've met Jordan, so I met Jordan July 27th of 2019. But who's keeping track? But who's yeah. keeping track? I, Stands I'm, the reason why you knew why Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods <laughs> happened upon the earth. <laughs> I'm really good with dates. But anyway, um, I digress. I um, Ever since I've known her, the Chiefs have been in the AFC Championship game and the Broncos haven't made the playoffs. So wow. it, it's literally like every single year is the same damn thing. It's so annoying, but and I've, I'm now rooting for the Chiefs, and it's something that I never thought was going to happen when I was growing up because my dad hated the Chiefs, hates the Raiders, hates the Chargers. It's their the in division rivals. As I'm wearing a Bronco hat right now, yeah. like a dope. Um, I'm. It's just so weird. It's something I never thought I would root for, and now I'm actively rooting for the Chiefs when they don't play the Broncos. You it better sucks. be. I mean, yeah, I have to. If I want to, it's okay. Not sleep it's a on free country, you, you know. If that's where your allegiances go, then it's okay. There's nothing. That's binding you to the Denver Broncos, my man. Except the first 28 years of my life. That's okay. They won championships then. What are, they, what are the Denver Broncos doing for you? Um, mentally, it was really, really taxing. There you go. <laughs> Don't right. give it any energy. All right. Well, that's all we got for you on this Sneakers and Cleats podcast. We had a great Super Bowl. It's going to be a dark and dreary offseason. I always hate when the Super Bowl ends because that means there's no more football for six more six to eight. Seven more months. There's always football. We're going to be talking about the yep. mini camps and the combines. The Brahmas. The, the we'll draft the coming Brahmas up. Too. we got the Brahmas to help fill the vacuum. It's always football season in Texas, my friend. Always. Well, it's Thank nice. the Lord. It's not even like we can worry we can turn our attention to the Spurs because, frankly, I don't really want to turn my attention to the Spurs right now. Yeah. Uh, but pitchers, pitchers and catchers reporting soon. Amen. Wednesday. Well, who's keeping track? Yeah. Even I didn't know that. All right, remember to download, rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, tell a friend, tell an enemy. We will see you right back here on Thursday. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning Super Bowl 58. Till Thursday, everybody have a good week. Do, 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 do.